0: Hello, everyone, welcome to another edition of the 805 Uncensored Podcast, where we discuss politics, music, history, philosophy, and more. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you and welcome. This is episode number 56. Today on the show, I'm pleased to welcome Zachary Marlow, who is, in his words, a wanderer, filmmaker, and a storyteller. And in addition to all those things, he also hosts his own podcast called The
1: Moneyless Society. So thanks so much for being here, Zachary. Yeah, it's it's uh it's great to be on other people's shows and uh, you know, you know you I, I always <laughs> I say this you know it's like it's like uh you don't have to do the I don't have to do the dishes I don't have to edit so it's great I can say as many ums and ahs as I want I can yeah. go uh well yeah uh you know uh you know it's kind of like because I always try to like, kinda, I I want to cut that stuff out you know on our show but uh, right. I don't have to here I can do whatever I want it's That's uncensored impression. too I can say I can say the name of our Lord without fear of persecution
0: oh yeah absolutely oh
1: great great you say whatever the
0: fuck you want
1: damn okay cool fuck the system fuck capitalism you know fuck yeah gotta gotta kill that fucker before it kills us
0: yeah absolutely so i i wanted to bring you on because just examining your instagram and you know checking out some of the films that you work on i can tell that you're really fucking brilliant and you have a lot of great things to say about you know navigating our way through this capitalistic hellscape so um before we get into the main gist of the conversation would you mind just introducing yourself to my listeners first maybe kind of talk about what your political leanings are and any relevant information about yourself
1: yeah um it's always hard to sum myself up i i really kind of have a a weird view of of who and what i am i really feel like i am you know the relationships of the people that i have outside of me you know not just this individualized separatized person and i think there's this drive uh, to reduce especially in our like information saturated uh, era where we're trying to constantly hyphenate and condense ourselves into like the most cleanly packaged thing so we can find other people who have the same hyphens and the same align- alignments and leanings and you know align and that's you know helpful and I think that's useful for people themselves to kind of help define themselves but yeah um I don't know politics, Politics is the uh, is the art of commodifying suffering, you know, for political ends, for personal ends. And I think the more that I dive into, like, leftist Twitter and all these individual scenes or even scenes that I kind of align with, like, you know, I have a lot of uh, green anarchist leanings. You know, I, I think that the principles of opposing hierarchy are important. Um, <laughs> this is like... This is like one of those introductions in a, in a research paper where I'm like trying to pad it out. Since the dawn of man, like I can't just answer the simple question. I don't know. I really kind of evade ideology. I really try to. I have more uh, affinities for green anarchism, for ecology, for words like social ecology that go beyond uh, a an antiquated ideology. I try not to root my belief system in uh, a belief system. That's just it, you know, in something written, in something, some body of work that is past or that is, you know, currently defined because really it's important to be emergent. I think ultimately my principles lie in ecology, in life, in, you know, in respecting and appreciating all life. And in, it's funny, like to oppose the system that is because it is so intensely ideological and it is so perniciously that we have to define ourselves against it. And I, I think in many ways become we become reactive. But basically, I mean, to to sum it up, I mean, and I'm sure we'll expound on this, you know, because it's it's my mountaintop sermon. Money isn't real and it's it is a belief system that is destroying the earth. Uh, We have an economic system that is completely theological. It is not based on science. It has nothing to do with actual economics of, you know, managing resources of conserving and of meeting people's needs. It is completely blind to life in all ways. Uh, and we're caught in this addictive, delusive—delusive delusive, is that a word? We're we're caught in an addictive drive to destroy ourselves as quickly as possible. And it's it's strange and fucked up that to be against that makes one something. You know, to be to say that I'm against a system of leadership and of, you know, the minimization of human agency and input and horizontal organization where people everyone has a say basically in the world that they live in that that would make me like an anarchist or something or to say that i believe that we should very simply as humans have done for all of their existence up until this little iceberg tip this little fucking foreskin of civilization that we've put on this you know fucking procession of what we are that you know people shared resources they shared what they had they lived Mm -hmm. as a social being you know to say that I uh, believe in that sort of system where people hold all things in common would make me some kind of communist or something. I think these are ultimately like 20th century. They're both they're simultaneously ancient and and like old and, and outdated ways of thinking about who we are and how to organize. But they're also very recent. That human beings have lived in a certain way, optimized for our evolutionary design and our connection to nature for hundreds of thousands of years, 200,000 years maybe. And I think that is what I. Try to align with
0: right yeah I, I would agree that's really well said that, that kind of ties into my next question which is just like uh can you tell the listeners more about your moneyless society podcast and the basis of it like how did you come to all of those conclusions
1: <clears throat> well they i came to all those conclusions I'll, I'll set it up first moneyless society is it's more than just a podcast it is a, a growing social movement it's an organization we have a nonprofit that we worked really hard to set up. We have a a Facebook group of something like 20,000 people. We have a really large, splashy reach on all these social media platforms. We're, you know, dosing people every day with radical (laughs) anti-capitalist and, you know, uh, ideally ecological and educational memes that help people understand things and ridicule the existing system and kind of hint at this other system and then in our podcast which is just kind of you know one of the aspects of what we're doing and solidifying this group and this organization into something that's more of a uh, service to people we're trying to change the narrative and push toward uh, the creation of a new society to rethink essentially everything and to uh, use this group and this organization to start to build it in the here and now and that that society that we're trying to create. I mean, there's there's attempts to you know put a name on it and understand it for what it is. But it's basically a society that is not based on money, and a, a resource-based economy is a is I think the most concise term created yet, because it, it it isn't just about take money out of it. It's a lot of it is based on the ideas of people like Jacques Fresco, Buckminster Fuller, Peter Joseph. They have been the people that have most presciently articulated this alternative design this world beyond money like a lot of people will get to up to the doorstep and say okay yeah money's bullshit it permeates everything it's pernicious effects have sunk their teeth into every single aspect of life from how we fucking feed our babies to you know how we grow food to you know infiltrating every political process and you know people just have the it's just everywhere you know short-term profits are the problem and we gotta get money out of politics and it's just like it's Mm -hmm. obvious it's just crony capitalism (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean it it's obviously like it goes very very deep into who we are and a lot of that it, it goes into our deep history and and that kind of sense of archaic revival coming back home to who we are and who we've always been but there's also uh, a a very thoroughly articulated system that is every day getting more uh more clear of what the alternative to money actually looks like that's not just going backward that's not being primitive that utilizes technology automation to essentially eliminate labor as we know it perfunctory labor you know most of the jobs that people work today anybody knows your job is bullshit most of your jobs are fucking bullshit machines already provide a large majority of the labor that is needed for us to live 80 percent of jobs are in the service industry today I mean and that means they're bullshit they're not necessary I mean, we saw this in the pandemic, everybody, they said, you were the essential workers, the small margin of people, and you can't, you have to work, and everybody else, go home. Your job is bullshit. So essentially, you know, we want to create, move towards a totally different alternative system and an economic paradigm that is just current, that is based on our current capabilities. That's not based on an economic system that is based on a negative, money, which is debt. It's based on debt. It has no basis in our our resources or our life or any truly valuable thing or even something like energy it's just based on debt it's a negative and you know it's based on a market which is based in scarcity so markets can't really function if everybody has everything they need you can't charge money for it so there's no incentive structural incentive uh, in the market for people to be provided with abundance say enough food to eat you know we pr- we, we produce uh we produce enough food for something like 10 billion people And we waste half of it into Mm -hmm. the garbage where it's lost in production chains and so we live under this construct and all politics is based on this this belief in scarcity that there's not enough to go around when that's just couldn't be further from the truth and you know from many perspectives even just from a a primitive perspective you know the earth can provide for everyone in a regenerative way that's not parasitic and destructive to itself Um, but we have the capabilities and incredible technologies that for better or worse this brutal uh competitive cycle of historical development have yielded to us so we have automation we have fucking artificial intelligence and nano you know uh, nanotechnology and quantum computing and you know the ability to 3d print things and we're trying to apply those technologies not to a market that's all about continuing to further divides and competition and consolidate wealth up into the very tippy top of poor a quarter of a percent of humanity but to provide everybody the things that they need at a high standard of living you know e- equally in ways that are in touch with humanity in touch with life that you know it it, it seems pretty fucking simple when you just
0: yeah all this stuff is
1: very basic we don't need to fucking yeah.
0: live this way is what it comes down what it comes down to
1: no we don't and that's what the group and organization is really uh, about is in creating that transition to that you know we, we we can't wave our magic wand of logic and of knowing a better way is there of knowing that we you know could create uh, a truly democratic system of feedback that you know incorporates artificial intelligence and ai and social media and you know new networking technologies to interconnect us all over the world and allow us to do Direct democracy without the need for political mediation or money to, you know, uh, gauge supply and demand and all these things. We don't need to do that, but we can't. We can't just jump into that system. So our organization and our group, which grows every day. I mean, we bring new people into our group every day. That people that reach out, that say, "Fuck yeah, I've never, I've never heard of any of this. I didn't know this was possible, and it just never occurred to me." It's this amazing technology that is, in its own way, super parasitic to you know do something about it so basically we're trying to create the transition through the transition the, the major human transition and the podcast and the movie that i'm working on and all these things the media the storytelling that you know and just people taking this knowledge of this other way this third way that it's not about communism or socialism or anarchism or any of these past things that we have a new thing that we can create today and it, and it's about bringing that forward and bearing that torch and without going too long into this question because it. You know, I'm sure you have a lot of other oh yeah, questions. that's I perfect ledger there. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're trying to create a essentially a network, a, a real mutual aid network. We have people in our organization and group that are working on actually new networking tools and networks for resource management that can allow you to connect with basically mediate, you know, need with basically to connect need with resource. So you have a network of people. And they say i have xyz i have a couch for someone to sleep on i have oh i have a piece of land that could be developed or i have these skills i know about you know aeroponics or aquaponics or i know about political theory or, or whatever the people's background is that's their haves and then they have their needs they say i need this i need community i need people in my area and it has a location and you know essentially we can uh very soon because we have a lot of this technology this these apps and things that are in the works plug them into this network and you know the, the machine will do the work of connecting people because we're manually going through this these <laughs> trash piles of social media to find the others mm-hmm. and we're putting out these beacons of media and things like that and people find us but in many ways we're we're having to go through and find these people and ask them what they had and try to find what we have and kind of just you know uh, fight the algorithms that are not based on connecting people really so we're trying to create new networks to do that so we're trying to create a collaborative mutual aid network that creates a network of communities and cooperatives so cooperatively owned business structures so you know and helping people organize uh, in their local areas to both purchase old buildings or old uh, companies there's like a the silver tsunami is uh, this phenomenon where all these old boomers are going out of business and if young people or people you know who want to start a business they can't get loans for their own thing but they there's much more likely for them to get be able to get a loan to buy an existing business and turn it into a cooperative or say you know we want to organize people within a labor movement to organize their workplace not just for higher you know in a organize this new labor movement is really powerful and I think it's something to really uh jump on because a lot of people are still asking for more wages they're still asking for more benefits in in this old way instead of thinking hey we need to organize to actually own the workplace we need to actually own to democratize socialize the workplace so creating a network of cooperatives and that feeds into communities of getting land and developing them using permaculture and renewable energy and the technology that we have at our disposal today to basically create a more efficient way of living that abundantly meets people's needs that connects them with each other that uses green building and and uh, earth ships and there's all there's this whole wave of new ways of doing everything. There's a better way of doing every single fucking thing that we do in our society that m- people are doing today. It's not science fiction. It's not far out. It's just not evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. And you know the media has no interest in talking about, you know these one, these wonderful uh, new ways of doing things. No,
0: they're busy manufacturing so- consent.
1: <laughs> go go into that a little more. <laughs> um, what do you mean? What do you mean what do you mean by manufacturing consent because I know what that means but
0: just getting you to get to buy into a certain narrative distracting you from other stuff that's outside of the corporate Wall
1: Street narrative if that makes sense it, it totally makes sense yeah I mean it's I'm just thinking about like the whole consumer society the whole mode of consumerism came about because we had machine technology you know uh not this automation yet, but the assembly line that drastically increased the efficiency and the output of our ability to make shit. And it was this crisis moment for the capitalists because they were like, fuck, we can't sell all the stuff that we're producing. We're going out of business. So they conspired with public relations people. Edward Bernays, a name that everybody should know, one of the great bastards of the 20th century who worked to uh, legitimately, literally make people more dissatisfied. To use advertising and marketing to make people unhappy so they will buy more shit and in a very short period of time 10 10 years maybe even less using radio and television and this newfound technology to change the way people interact with the world their relationship to things their relationship to each other in the world so people before that in like the 20s and 30s in that kind of block of the modern era were primarily agrarian you know you buy a teapot you're going to use that shit your whole life mm-hmm. you know and they changed the minds of people you know people think that we're just rapacious consumers by by nature that's not true we've been manipulated we've been menu- this this co- consenting to this reality has been completely manufactured in all ways and you know the same principles that go to you know the mechanization of life in schools and factories and work and you know, it applies to the media it applies to the way that that people's uh, reading articles heartbreak. digesting
0: information like whatever the mainstream opinion is <laughs> They'll take the opposite of it. For example, like mask mandates. If we're talking about COVID, if you look at the uh, the, sca- the scope of this, the vast majority of Americans actually support mask mandates. But the media will write article after article saying that people don't support mask mandates, and it's because corporations don't support mask mandates.
1: That's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a clear divide. It's funny that uh, in like really empirical studies of policy like there is a near zero near zero impact between what the people think and public policy so we have a completely anti-democratic society that's just been hijacked at all points by money by the forces of money and it's not so much at, that the rich have done this because in studying the effects of money as an as an input in society as a bedrock of society you know it it's uh, it's effects are extremely corrosive and they affect you. I mean, like, like there's this um, researcher Paul Piff, and he mm-hmm. he and uh, this other guy named dacker Keltner, and I think there's probably other people doing it. It's a very emerging field, but they've been doing tests on people, and testing basically empathy, the comp the correlation between empathy and wealth, and in laboratory scenarios and in you know all over the country of people of all different backgrounds, they've been doing things like doing doing playing a game of Monopoly, and they'll get two people from all backgrounds and they'll give them an unfair advantage they'll let them roll the dice twice and they watch their effects they watch what happens as they get richer and richer and they win the game they they get more aggressive and assertive and oh i'm sorry about that you know like they'll get all snarky and they'll start making shit they'll be like yeah you're not doing very well <laughs> they'll start laughing <coughs> sorry i just got over covid <clears throat> because we don't uh, follow mask mandates among other things <laughs> so uh yeah, they'll 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 like slam their pieces down on the board like, "Yes," you know, and they'll get all snarky and shitty like they start acting like rich dicks, you know. And Monopoly was actually created just to show that people do that. And then at the end of the game when they inevitably win because they had a, a fucking leaps light years ahead advantage, they asked these people and he, he, they said not one person they they interviewed said, "I won because I had an unfair advantage." They all said, "I won because I'm a better player," obviously. So, when we like reduce this to like the rich are this way as if they're there's some rich gene or something it's just not that way it's that they're conditioned into this uh attitude to this way of thinking through their environment through their environmental conditioning and through the structural effects of the way that society is structured around money and competition and individuality and you know they're insulated from the perspectives of other people they studied that uh, of course as we all know you know uh, people lower down the socioeconomic ladder, have more empathy. They give more to charity. You know, they they have more of a connection and, and a heart for people. They're less likely to take more candy from a from a jar that they say is for children than people who come from a socioeconomic background. Or even they'll take people from either background and they'll tell them, think about a time when you were powerful. And then even just thinking about it, even just putting themselves in the empathetic, imaginative headspace of power, they'll take more candy. So it's the structural effects of our society. And if I could say I have a philosophy of, of, you know, I I know I gave you a big aloof fucking edgelord answer. But I I would say, even though this term has a negative correlation, that I'm an environmentalist. And that doesn't mean environment as an externalized nature, as nature is some separate thing. You know, that's a a liberal term generally. And it it means, you know, hugging whales and, you know... uh, (laughs) you know, a very liberal milquetoast sort of environmentalism that's not really ecological, that doesn't really understand that we're connected to Earth. But to truly encapsulate our environment means all the living and non-living elements that make us up in our culture and the structures that we have created that make us behave the way that we are. That ultimately, the the truth of humanity is that we are products of our environment. We are shaped and sculpted and manufactured in its image. And so you have a person They grew up in a certain culture. It's a culture of wealth. Or even they they can be conditioned into that culture of wealth because we're we're incredibly flexible. Our minds can change so constantly. And that gives me hope because it seems like people would never fucking change. But you know, you think about boomers who got who fucking talked shit about our generation using computers and you using our cell phones and then the fucking iPhone came out and they had one. And oh, look at that. Who's addicted to their phone now? Fucking grandpa. You know, they were they're they were the ones that are on Facebook now. What the fuck happened to boomers this was the generation that burned draft cards well I'm, I'm actually staying right now with a real cool guy from the 60s he's a child of the 60s and he he like put his fucking fist up with the black panther salute at his graduation and refused to salute the flag and those Hell people yeah. are still alive you know i've met i've met old hippies that didn't give up the fight and um you know they're still rad they're still fighting they're still out there doing their thing and Uh, The the generational divide is another really important shift. That's that people will blame a generation for what they're doing, but the the vast majority of people did not engineer this society. The vast majority of people are not the beneficiaries of the policy that is created, and that is really mechanically, inevitably, degeneratively uh, worsening. Like, you know, people will blame Reagan and Thatcher For neoliberalism, or or you, you know, you can see people like Biden. He was there the whole fucking time, or Clinton, or Obama, or Bush. These people are ultimately products of their environment, and they are subsidiaries of a system. Mm -hmm. The system has the power in a market system. You know, uh, even the richest person does not control the market. They can influence it, like Elon Musk gaming the system through Twitter. You know, saying buy fucking. fucking you know blowjob coin and blowjob coin goes up you know like they have crazy power yeah but even they don't really control things because the system controls it and they follow the system so we've created a machine Mm -hmm. that we no longer control and we need to shift our our enmity our our judgment away from the individuals within that not to give anybody a free pass to be a fucking monster because we live in a world of monsters it is Absolutely. primarily monsters. Yeah, I not I won't say that. It's primarily decent people trying to make the sense of make make sense of a crazy world to deal with monsters. Have. Yeah, and and rich, poor, all kinds of people care. All kinds of people want a better and different world. They just don't know how to correlate these things. They just don't know how to understand the complexities and the really mechanical natures of the way that we are acted upon. And you know, we still have this kind of super free will individualistic i'm me and i make my choices and bad people choose to be bad and good people choose to be good and it it's just totally false and that's and exactly speed- that's exactly
0: why this project that you're doing is so amazing and as well as your podcast because that provides um, a platform for people to access that information
1: and it and gives you know, them a I'll, sense
0: of hope and opportunity
1: <laughs> yeah we had a 16 year old kid uh, reach out to me the other day and said i'd listen to your podcast and I'm working full time to support my family, and you give me hope that the world that that there's a better world, that there's a future. And that that is why I keep doing what I'm doing, because we we need to believe, we need hope, and we need radically new narratives. And the way I see it, I mean, we are teetering on the edge of apocalypse, total fucking drawing of the veil and eclipsing of all good things, or renewal, transference, going all the way way through and taking all these boons these these gifts and powers we can do magic you know i saw the other day of there's (laughs) yeah we can do magic we can cure all these diseases you know we can we can feed people we can create food at at exponential you know great rates we can we can regeneratively build materials you know we can we can solve these problems i saw the other day this company is uh uh it's making meat (laughs) or a protein rich substrate out of carbon. So it's pulling carbon out of the air and turning it into steak that is like the most protein dense food there is. And that's unimaginable to somebody wow. even 50 years ago. And we can do magic. We can turn anything into fucking anything else. I mean, we can make uh steel rebar and silk out of hemp. We can, we can make batteries out of fucking coconut shells. I was reading about that today. You know, we can we we can transform the world in ways un Unforeseeable and unimaginable to even the, the current generation, and it, it's an, this crea- human creativity is this incredible force of invention. There there is genius in all people, really, and it's just being stifled by this bullshit, completely unnecessary consumer wage slave fuckery. So
0: Absolutely. yeah, I, I
1: believe, and I and I can't help but speak the truth, and you know, proselytize to all people, not in a way of of talking at them. But just giving it all my heart and pouring all my heart into doing this because it's so urgent, not just to avoid complete fucking ruin and destruction and evisceration of the of the rainforests and the death of all beautiful things of of fucking butterflies and and dolphins and, and every beautiful creature you can imagine. Fucking dogs are dropping dead in India right now from the fucking heat of the sun. And that's not necessary. And but it's not just about, you know, the billions of people that are straddled into extreme poverty and suffering and unnecessary servitude breaking their backs to tear ships apart or go into holes and you know smash fucking rocks apart with dynamite and bring them up so people can sell them you know it's just like none of this is necessary but it's not just about the bad thing it's about the fact that we could be living in a radically beautiful world we really could and so many leftists and radicals and revolutionaries and all these fucking words and you can't see me but i'm doing the jerk off motion have no (laughs) connection to that they base their identity on resisting the old thing and in their way they they reflect it and they become it and they're just keeping the revolution is this is is a a wheel spinning in a ditch it's revolving but it's not really moving forward right extremely well said i mean you're Things like you're doing with
0: the Moneyless Society podcast—that's the direction that you need to go in terms of building a revolutionary movement.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, like, sorry, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just gonna say a lot of um, people who study Marx and found their identity in Marx. There's nothing wrong with Marx. He said a lot of radical shit, Um, but they're all about material conditions. Oh, you need to change material conditions. Changing material conditions—they're obsessed with that. Well, it's like, well, what are you doing to affect the material conditions of people? How are you reaching people through their stomachs? Are you working to design a system that more efficiently produces food that you can use that surplus to connect with your neighbors and people in this world who are struggling, and then you show them by building something that works that helps take the pressure off their life, that helps ease the debt burden, and you know the insecurity of not knowing where your fucking next meal is going to come, which is which is the acid that boils revolution and and boils v- visions of a better world. That's why we're not revolting even though material conditions have gotten so fucking unbearable that you know like we I don't know if there's gonna be a nuclear war tomorrow I wouldn't be surprised if there was I wouldn't be surprised that there were riots the Canadian government is planning for the collapse of the United States right now that's where we are that's where we fucking are but yeah I mean a lot of these people they're not trying to organize and coalesce and find those other people they're spending all their time arguing they'll find somebody they agree with ninety percent they spend Hours and hours debating over that 10% instead of saying, hey, we agree on something. Let's work together to do something about it. Fucking do something about it. Anybody listening to this podcast right now, fucking do something about it. Stop talking shit. Find those points of connection and intersections between you and other people who get it and fucking organize.
0: Fucking A, man. Thank you so much oh, you for got that. You. Speaking of so on. much truth. i I love it i had to learn that lesson the hard way honestly dude i i used to be such a bad person with like the leftist unity shit just like talking crap online and like oh you're a fucking tanky and all that shit and then i just like woke up and matured one day and i'm like this isn't this is completely counterproductive i'm not doing anything i'm dividing the left i'm not building a movement i i'm not advancing anything that i'm preaching
1: there is no left. There really isn't. There's no American left that's represented in a ma- any mainstream political consensus. There's no voice out there that's saying money is not real and we could be doing a lot better and you know, resource overshoot is the cause of our problems, not just global warming and electric cars and blah, 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 blah. Sure. There's no fucking voice out there. And the left and the tankies and the anarchists, none of them have power. I'm sorry. You don't have power. So. Why are you wasting your time arguing with somebody that you're supposedly competing with some imaginary fucking LARPer revolution about instead of just trying to meet people's needs? And I'm not going to talk shit about all people because a lot lot of those people are doing things about it, mutual aid drives and and organizing labor unions and strikes and all this stuff, but they're not working to design a new system. That's it. We're not trying to create a new system. Even those people, a lot of them just want to change who runs the system, but the existing system is rotten to the bone and needs to be completely rethought and I was talking to a couple last night and they were a Russian and Ukrainian couple that I met through fucking Twitter and they were in Israel, you know, on the other side of the fucking ocean. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the same thing. We were just connecting. It was just really rejuvenating to find those people that get it beyond being a fucking lunatic about it. Who's boxed themselves into an ideology that is ultimately a limitation on what you can be and what you are instead of, you know, finding those people and making something real. A lot of people are out there are, are trying like like my I'll, I'll shout out my friend anarch daniel barian who uh, is working on a uh, uh, cooperation tulsa in oklahoma they're doing real shit. they're they're organizing drives they're they have land they're trying to create structures they're trying to build dual power I'll, I'll shout out black socialists of america they're trying to build that dual power app they're trying to do something about it there's a lot of great people out there in the left doing great things every day and they're building it up and i i don't mean to dismiss into the movement, but we really don't have a unified or even a coherent left that is in any way able to threaten the power structure.
0: Um, So outside of the political stuff, you also primarily work as a filmmaker. I wanted to ask you, what inspired you initially to work in the world of film?
1: Well, I don't work in the world of film. I don't get paid for anything that I do. I I live almost entirely without money. Um, that's why I'm the true believer of Moneyless Society, because I don't I don't have money. And um, if any of you listening to this want to donate, go to Moneyless Society and you know join our Patreon and help support what we're doing because that's okay so let me rephrase my question. I have. I can answer your question. Oh go ahead, go ahead. Why do you make films? Well, you know. Why does a bird flap its wings (laughs) why why, why does a pigeon shit on a bmw you know (laughs) damn goddamn coronavirus um i make films because um i don't know man i'm an artist at heart before i had any political inkling i was a poet and uh, i would always draw and imagine and i live in this imaginative dimension i make films because it's a fucking compulsion, honestly. I mean, I, I, my biggest problem in my life right now is that um, I have shot three films, feature films, or even multi-part series um, that are very close to the bone. You know, things that I just created, these journeys, these trips, these uh, compulsive forays into the unconscious and into the hearts and minds of the people around me and to the great story that we're in, in, in involved in and embroiled in. 're characters on this crazy stage. Um, and I just keep making new ones. <laughs> I can't stop shooting things because it's it's like this beautiful escape. It perfectly um, puts my uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder and the other complex of of uh, jargony jumbles of letters that have been ascribed to me as medical conditions uh, to work. It, it, it stimulates my mind completely that I'm able to be participating not just being subject to the story of life but actually focusing a lens on it and creating change in the world just by focusing a camera just by pointing a camera at someone you you're changing reality you know it's like i'm not going to go too down like a quantum physics rabbit hole but you know it's like the double slit experiment that observation changes the results of what you're doing and that i think with focused observation if we really stare into the heart of darkness and the heart of light that's how we change it. You know, we, we change ourselves that way by really peering all the way in and, and diving in with our head first. But I do it because it's an adventure, you know, and, and it's fun and beautiful and I'm good at it. And uh, it, I, everything just feels... I don't exist when I'm making a film. I am a perfect subject of the other people around me. And I, I just... It, it, it erases my ego when I dissolve into the person on the screen. And I put myself in the projects that I work on, you know, in a lot of ways... But even that, it's like weird watching it back when I'm on the camera. It's like, who is this? Where does this stuff come from? It's, it's like, what, what am I as a person other than this floating eye that sees things and correlates, the, brings them together and edits them into something coherent? But I make films because film is the biggest soapbox there ever was. It, and it's an altered state. It's not, it's not like an, a piece of art that's a painting that you just kind of look at it. It talks back. It, it it touches you in your emotions, and it stimulates you, and it, it's a memory. It's really a visceral experience like a psychedelic or like um, like something you really live through. And I think you can touch people with film in ways you can't in any other medium alone because it's, as Wagner called uh, opera, the total art form. I mean, film is the total art form of our time, until we get smell-o-vision right anyway. But I make films because I have to do something about it. I can't just sit back and comment on the state of the world. I have to do something about it. I have to make something out of it. And uh, the films that I'm working on and have made have dealt intensely with the state of the world, with cosmic significance, with you know the journey that we are all embroiled in, that our Earth is in peril, that every living thing is in peril. And we have been cursed and blessed with the chance to live through the most incredible crazy journey story that's ever ever happened and people don't see it people think that their lives are these boring miserable and ultimately accidental collisions they're just bumping their way through the world doing what they're told and that's you know obviously the fault of the system and not the individual themselves but i think for me what pulled me out of a suicidal tailspin was joseph campbell's hero with a thousand faces which is a story that is an essentializing the stories the myths the journey that there is a structure that all human stories essentially follow and our lives follow that story that we are on a journey we are on a great adventure and we that is that more than more than perhaps anything that is the theft of our destiny you know of our of our inherent worth and just the wonderment of being alive that that has been taken from us and making films brings meaning back to the world. That focused observation brings intentionality back to a world that seems so crazy and chaotic that most people probably in our generation are complete fucking nihilists. They can't see the story, they can't see the meaning and the purpose. And but the other thing, when you talk to people, when you put a camera in their face, I'm thinking right now about you know, interviewing people or I don't like the term interview, you know, just interfacing with them with the camera under bridges, you know, Homeless, homeless brothers and sisters, and, and you know, just talking to them, letting them share their story—it's very therapeutic. It's kind of dangerous because you could open up doors that can't be closed. But more often than not, um, it's a healing thing to share. And when you ask the right questions, like a psychologist, because that's essentially what I what I'm doing when I'm making a film, and I'm psychoanalyzing myself and the whole world, <laughs> really. Um, that people putting their lives in context seeing that there's a story uh it gives their lives meaning and that's that's if you're ever feeling lost or like the world is a crazy dead thing just write write your life story out and see that there's all these accidents these these serendipities these things that happen to us that are like wait a minute i would never have met this person if this fucking horrible thing hadn't happened I would never have learned this if that horrible thing hadn't happened, that all too often, and in any story we read in a book or watch on a movie, we don't want to watch a movie where there's no conflict. Isn't that interesting? We don't want to watch movies where everything is just nice all the time. Maybe that's mm-hmm. part of our problem, that we're more interested in dystopia than utopia, but you know, it's, it's the darkness and the catastrophe that teaches us things, that pushes us into ourselves, that so many people are stuck in. A very narrow wavelength of their own emotional experience because of the system because of the structure and the design of the linear highway and you know you go from your box house into your box car and drive down the geometric strip of the highway you go into your boxy work environment and you just keep moving from structured thing to structured thing without ever interacting with this with this great complexity and mystery of nature of life of, of this winding dirt road that we have all been strung along
0: did you and, ever um, see that video on youtube like 12 years ago called little boxes no that's the theme song from weeds i think where basically it's, it's this animated video where there's a bunch of perfectly identical houses except for a few like there are a few different colors and they're like little boxes on a hillside and that, like um they yeah. just show like people going down an assembly line you know going through the school pattern going into Fucking being crammed into a cubicle and you, you got to listen to it and listeners right now pause this podcast if you're listening and check out little boxes on youtube it's it's, piece, it's fantastic it's and it's uh it just it's super like 1950s um suburbia dystopia theme
1: yeah it's it's um it's a crazy fucking story you know and when you read history you see that it's it's the accidents are all the pivots that that bring people, that bring things to this conclusion of, or, or this happenstance or this mystery, that life is a mystery and it's, it's a beautiful story and we've been robbed of that. And making art, um, which is in many ways a selfish act, um, <laughs> I don't think so. But, you know, it making art helps you get in touch with your unconscious, with something mysterious below you you know like drawing or doodling or fucking writing poetry you know and not knowing where it's going just pulling words out you plumb your own depths and so i I think that that's essential to our liberation is to understand ourselves and to do that we have to understand that we're not rational conscious beings all the time we're primarily unconscious and you know and like in the vision of this world where the majority of production and things like that is automated you know a lot of people recoil at that but really like you don't automatically you don't manually blink you don't manually breathe you don't even really manually you know make choices for most of the things you do you automatically do it you go to the grocery store and you might think you're making a choice to pick your favorite foods but really you're just not I mean you're either coerced by the system around you into impulsively deciding what it's influenced you to do or you're Sort of making these automatic calculations about what sort of nutrients you need and what what sort of profiles your body you know wants so yeah we we, um we're we're we are just parts of a much larger whole and we we have made that perfect whole uh, broken because we we are broken because we are insane and detached and disconnected from from our own self from our own unity our own mystery you know by thinking that we can confine ourselves to these to say i'm five words i'm a fucking you know identity 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 i'm not even gonna try to make fun of people you know saying you are like some kind of like i'm ai don't know who cares but yeah that's not what we are and we can't be and the drive in this generation especially in the internet age to commodify and compartmentalize yourself into something more uh understandable to others uh is one of the most fucking dangerous and cheapening uh, traits that we have—that we are infinite. Every person listening to this, you—you you have no end, you have no boundary, and a lot of you, I'm sure, want to dissolve the borders in the world so that people can move freely around it. Well, I suggest you to do the same within yourself. This divide, dissolve the borders between you and your enemy. You know, because you're essentially the same creature. You're essentially capable of the same shit that they're doing. If you grew up in their environment, you would, do, you would be doing it. If you walked through their shoes you, and, and were influenced by their influences, you would do the things that you're doing. I, I went off on a tangent there. You were asking about films.
0: Oh, it's okay. I mean, you largely answered the question. So you use it as a form of creative and therapeutic um, outlet, essentially.
1: Sort of. It's, it's like a mad purpose. It's a quest. It's uh, something I, it's, it's very grandiose and um, it, it's, not, uh, it's not like some, it's not like I'm going to paint a picture now. It's like I, I will wreck my life to fucking go across the country to make a fucking alien film with my best friend in a farmhouse in a pandemic, you know, and like mine this crazy journey out of nowhere that almost gets us killed multiple times, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> like the last film I was working on, we were on the fucking Brooklyn Bridge and we were walking the wrong way up this fucking dang- super dangerous bike path and filming this thing. And I was like, come on, just keep going. Just play through. <laughs> it's just like, it's insane. It's not a fucking rational thing to do.
0: So and would you say like this is work. the main aspect of your life? Like this isn't just some hobby. Like this is who you are making films.
1: <laughs> it's it's as close as you could get, I suppose. It's the closest that I feel to not existing. So it's the closest to wholeness.
0: Gotcha. Can you talk about um, your current film that you're working on called The Interrelated Structure
1: of Reality? Well, that's like a working title. I don't really have a, a title yet, but that's that's. Is basically- it related to MLK? Yeah, that it comes from that quote. Um, that's a beautiful fucking segment. I'm going to put that in the film somewhere. Uh, that film is... It is a very sincere, very potent attempt... To encapsulate all of the or as much of the philosophy and structural analysis of the system uh, that explains how the world works why everything is destroying itself rapidly and to correlate all of the disparate crises into one unified understanding that the economic system and the structure of the incentive Uh, motives in our world from the market system that have evolved over the over the generations to bring us to this point are the unifying reasoning for so many if not all of our major crises from the climate crisis of course that is a central destruction and the central argument and anybody who is an anti-capitalist if you don't understand the power that this this force this conflict with life itself. And that's kind of the central theme is that we have two competing systems, money, the monetary system, and the world, the physical structure of the environment that we've built around that, and the competitive psychology that derives from that, and all of the the other symptomatic conditions like racism and sexism that all come from the fact that things are scarce, even and they're manufactured in their scarcity. It's artificial scarcity that we don't really need to be competing with each other for bare survival we do it because it perpetuates this accumulation game that is embedded into the structure of, of our reality sovereign currency issuers like the united states japan canada countries that issue their own currency are not obliged to pay back debt. So this argument that we don't have enough money to save the world or to provide people with basic shit like healthcare that every other country in the world does is totally bullshit, especially when you look at what the military is doing, you know, jacking up their fucking pretty much trillion dollar price tag every single year that goes straight into private corporations that are all motivated by the profit motive overall and mm-hmm. the resource acquisition that supports the consumer cycle the cyclical consumption that is so important it can't cannot be overstressed how important that the cyclical consumption that drives gdp growth goes that we have to buy things all the time we have to continually consume that is our role in society is to be a consumer to consume shit it's not to go to work because as we know most of the jobs are bullshit our job is to buy shit and the other existential silver bullet for capitalism is unemployment technologic, sorry, technological sorry The fact that automation is escalating to the point where even the fucking service industry jobs, even jobs that require a human being talking to you are very nearly obsolete. So capitalism is coming to a reckoning in all ways. It is incompatible with life, and it it ends with life. That's what the film is basically about. We shot it in New York City with a script, my buddy Arjang Jama and I, whose uh, YouTube channel is New Train of Thought, who is one of the most fucking insanely brilliant, anti-capitalist super soldiers i've ever met who is just a a super charismatic intelligent well-spoken and totally devoted warrior against the system who has gone very 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 deep into understanding how it works he's kind of the morpheus to take you down the rabbit hole of this film that we wrote a script on that breaks down how things work and we shot a lot of scenes in in the the city that were off the cuff and kind of improvised and we kind of pulled it out as, as we were going and um i filmed interviews and segments and, and, you know, sort of cinematic. It's not really a documentary in that like, it's mostly people in rooms talking. There's very few sit down interviews. It's more immersed in an atmosphere. It's more cinematic, but I, I filmed in six or seven other States with a huge array of activists and climate scientists and comrades and my group with Moneyless society, they're, they're hugely immersed and, you know, just breaking down how the fuck the system works and what the fuck is the alternative and bringing things back to the life ground, back to earth, back to this view that we are an interconnected whole, that we are not separate from nature. We are nature and we live in insane fucking delusion if we think that we can compete with nature or if we can structure our society based on competition and come out with anything other than this outcome, that it's inevitable. It's not It's not like these few evil people are controlling things and and, and did this. It's that these are inevitable outcomes. Of structuring your society in this way and that the alternative you know i i can't that's you know more fun to talk about but it's it requires a leap of faith for a lot of people is is to move beyond money essentially and you know work toward that up in the ways that moneyless society is working to do to you know create a ground of of uh meeting people's needs in a more efficient way modeling that new world buckminster fuller a great great hero said uh you don't fight the existing reality." Sorry, you don't change scratch that you don't change the existing reality by fighting against it you create a new model that makes the old obsolete and so basically structuring out these transition stages we have a great episode of our show called uh it's episode nine i think five steps to change the world or save the world and it breaks down all this in in pretty good detail um and it's these these transition stages, these very vast, you know, but simplified and essentialized transition steps to create an an economy that works. And it's localizing production, bringing things back to the local level, our own communities, our own, you know, local decision makings, bio regionally, based on what works in this region. As far as you know, catering our energy to the energy that we have. Like I just got back from the beach, and the waves are crashing like crazy, and it's like we could be generating endless energy off of the off of the the waves and the tides and you know the temperature of the earth and you know it, it's all about uh basing our system not on this crazy centralized sprawled out infrastructure but on localizing production automating away as much of the labor as we possibly can in a sustainable way and uh open sourcing everything you know removing patents and basically shifting away from a, a competitive proprietary culture and into a collaborative culture this is a step a, a single thing if, if you applied this to the whole world you cannot imagine how quickly society would escalate and transform because everybody would be sharing ideas and working together to optimize everything every single thing creating a new system to do this and you know basically uh the next stage is, is feedback basically so creating an, a, a cybernetic system which might sound scary but it's you know, we're talking through cybernated infrastructure now. I mean, we have social media. We're using fucking Twitter, constantly giving our feedback on every single thing that happens in the world. I mean, imagine if that was not a, a predatory for-profit platform and it was some sort of more intelligently and in, in, intentionally designed uh, platform that's taking human feedback and applying it to the things that are happening to us in the world as well as with algorithmic feedback and you know principles of, of natural law of the laws of fucking physics, of the laws of, you know, the actual availability of the resources in our world and, and are changing the relationship to those resources which are not there for us to fucking take and extract. They're our family, they're our kin, they're our relationships, they're us. And so we can create a new system that is that is uses the, the height of technology today to create a truly participatory, truly horizontal society where everyone has input in what they're doing, they're, taking, they're participating in their own world Work is largely voluntary, and people will do shit that they want to do. They'll educate themselves. They'll have acts and then access is the final step. <coughs> Chop that. I'm not sick. I can't. I, I can't cough like you can't. I'm I'm. I'm I <coughs> <coughs> yeah, just cut that shit. Sorry. And then the final step is access, and it's basically creating. All of those steps together are going to create uh, leaps and bounds more innovation and. Uh, abundance you know that's that's really the the central thing is going from a scarcity-oriented society that maintains scarcity forcibly so they can make money off of it constantly to creating an intentionally stable sustainable abundant society and giving access to whatever the fuck people need in a way that makes sense not not a million of everything moving from this consumer culture creating a million things so everybody can have one of everything which is fucking ridiculous so we have whole garages full of fucking cars just sitting there you know I mean, and all of this incorporates transforming our whole infrastructure, like moving away from the fucking personal transportation shit toward holistic public transportation systems and redesigning society so it's localized, so it's not all sprawled out. But basically, creating a system where people don't need money because there's so much of everything. It's it's either one so intelligently managed through way smarter fucking metrics than money. It's intelligently managed so that people uh, don't don't need to you know be rationed all the things that they have, and then then there's just such an abundance of things things are so readily available that people can have what they need and that we can all have nice things we just have to fucking share it's that simple yeah but it's a yeah it's a revolutionary fucking starters pistol for a whole new kind of thinking for sure a whole new movement toward a world that can work and if the if we don't do this and the film goes pretty deep into this society's going to collapse we're we're going to die all of us every single one of us is going to die from Intensifying feedback loops of a warming climate, melting ice caps, rising sea levels, more intense weather, destroying the fucking hydrological cycles, slowing the fucking ocean currents and acidifying the fucking seas that make up 80% of Earth, massacring biodiversity, killing the vast majority of life on Earth that makes up the web of life that stabilizes it and holds us all together. And then our own feedback loops, our own psychotic culture of fucking children killing each other and you know, people just engaging with each other with such hatred. And fear and stocking up on guns as their fucking solution to the world instead of trying to come together and help each other, you know, or nuclear war or new, even even new kinds of war, information warfare and, and fucking cyber attacks and, you know, germ warfare and, you know, releasing fucking it, it just goes. It's, it's an endless fucking rabbit hole that a lot of people get lost in because the, the consequences of not changing everything are fucking insanely dire.
0: Absolutely, they are. So, when is this? When is this film going to be complete? Do you think and available for people to watch?
1: Well, that's the question, brother. I mean, I'm <laughs> mean, just one little old guy. I'm a homeless, uh, <laughs> psychotic, um, working on this film on my own dime. I have no money. I have, you know, some connections, but uh, it's a battle to get it out there and to connect with the the people that I need to link with to even on the most basic level help me to have a place to live and food to eat and the things that I basically need and an environment, a good environment to edit this thing. But I'm I'm trying to apply for grants and find producers and connect to companies. I mean that stuff's fucking hard. I'm not a producer. I can mm-hmm. produce a film. I can produce great work that, you know, blows people away, that inspires and excites them. But I, I'm not a producer. I don't know how to game the system to my advantage. So there's a lot of mysteries there I mean I would really like it to be done by this year and out as soon as possible because we are in dire need of a shift in perspective we need a a a two hour crash course on what the fuck is going on with the world because even activists don't fucking get it even leftists and radicals and people who study this shit all day just from a really pretty fundamental level don't know the causal mechanisms or this or the potentials that we have at our disposal that we can use to transition today so that that's a that's a hard question um i don't know why you asked me that it's kind of kind of hurtful buddy (laughs) yeah you made me think about that fucking you know sword hanging over my head or that gaping maw, that fucking cliff that i'm standing on or the, the mountain that i'm climbing it's very difficult but it i believe in the project i believe in the film and and I know that if I keep speaking about it and talking it into existence and connecting with people and making it, um, eventually it's it's going to break through.
0: We know you can do it over here at the 805 Uncensored. What can we do as far as like listeners and myself, like to promote you or help you out in any way?
1: Well, uh, we're about to start our next season of our show and um, that's very exciting. We're going to be doing video episodes and they're going to be released on audio platforms as well. But. We're going to be putting our fucking shiny faces out there more and trying to connect with new guests always and, and you know, escalate and spread our message and, you know, try to get a larger audience and, you know, feed all that into our organization. The organization is growing. The group is growing. It's it's a process already. We're trying to find the others. You know, that's the first fucking commandment. No matter what you who you are and where you're from, what your thing is, you know, you can't do it alone. Find the others, you know. Find the other people like you that get it no matter what your mission is. You know, you're trying to start a band. You know, we don't want to be Elliot Smith. We don't want to be fucking lonely. You know, isolated little guy on a stage with a guitar. We want a fucking band. We want to be together. So yeah, I mean, finding the others. If any of this fucking resounds and you want to help, you know, fucking come help us because we need the help and we want to grow with people. We want to grow this organization into something that can foster and support, you know, the dreams and the visions and the the desires that people have to help the world. To make this an umbrella for people to do something about it uh you know regrettably it's our group is called moneyless society and we get a lot of fucking shit for this but just from dumbasses. but you know we need money you know fucking hey we need resources i'm i do this full time i don't get paid for it i i will do it if even if i don't get paid for it i'm still gonna fucking do it what are you kidding me the world is ending but yeah i mean supporting me through patreon or whatever um paypal we have we have all kinds of plays ways for people to donate and a lot of that goes to the organization um you can fucking dm me if you want to send me a donation myself that's great i don't really like doing that but um yeah i mean people people just need to find it in their own hearts to take action and act like our house is on fire and that they have to do something about it that they have a role they have a place to to they have a a, a place on this stage you know in this story that we all are needed that there's no fucking expendable person on this earth right now we need everyone that's what you can do for me is take this seriously, get involved, educate yourself, ask questions. I will answer any question that pretty much anybody sends to me. I will talk on any fucking platform, no matter how small, no matter how large. I will go on fucking Ben Shapiro's show and talk about my shit. I don't fucking care. I'll talk to, any... <clears throat> I'll talk to anyone who will listen. But yeah, we, we need to get our shit together, people. And we need to organize and we can. And it, it's a great adventure. It's like building this group up from scratch. We had a meeting with 12 of our volunteers and team members the other day and everybody was just so happy to be there because it it wasn't like we were like raging against the machine in this you know fatuous way where we'll never get a win with every brick that we add to this crazy house and this sculpture that we're building we see our work you know we're not alienated from it and it's it feels fucking good so yeah you can check us out moneyless society on YouTube you can help us by subscribing and sharing and following and commenting Uh, You know, feeding the algorithm so we can grow. We're at about 800 followers now or subscribers now, and I would really love to get to a 1,000 by uh, two weeks from now, probably when our next season is going to drop. That would be a big deal if you could help us support us that way and just help us however you can. You know, whatever your gifts are, whatever you think in your heart of hearts that you could do to contribute to a society that is not fucking based on an insane lie, that is based on care and support and sustainable principles. values you, whatever your contribution is, whether you're a musician or a poet or a a fucking plumber or a cook, whatever the fuck it is that you have to contribute, you know, and you want to, you want to live in this world, reach out to us and help us build it because we have, we can only get there together.
0: It's beautiful, Zachary. Thank you so much for that. Um, Before I plug my own stuff, do you have any closing statements that you'd
1: like to make before? I mean i am ultimately neither optimistic or pessimistic i see the potential could go either way really it could and any day any day now great things could happen horrendous things could happen i am more wont to believe that things are going to keep getting worse every day and i say to people who are consumed by that who see things just worsening out of control understand it's entirely predictable a predictable process it's going to keep getting worse until something breaks until the floor falls out or we become the equal and opposite reaction that is strong enough to push it in the other direction so don't lose hope really that is so important don't lose hope you know and whether or not we pull through and defeat the fucking <laughs> the enemy that is within all of us it, it is far more satisfying and meaningful to give it your all no matter what, not being attached to the outcome either way, but to but to pour your heart and your soul into into trying you're doing your best into pouring yourself out into giving up your own fucking selfish attachment to your own life as if your own life is yours. Which is a fucking limitation to think that you could condense yourself into a, a few fucking handfuls of words that you can use to sell yourself to other people. You're limiting yourself in doing that. And I just I just say stop it. Just cut that shit out you're the whole universe and everything in it you're all life you're all your friends and enemies and relations you're every fucking toad that fucking hopped on a lily pad and every whale that fucking bellowed through the ocean you're every river and canyon and comet that didn't hit the earth you're the fucking sun that shines you're everything really and not not in a neuro, not in a, 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 a narcissistic way not in a, in a selfish way like a lot of fucking spiritual fuckers will say i'm everything i'm the universe you are you are nothing you are absolutely nothing, if not the whole world.
0: So fucking perfectly well said. Um, as far as the 805 Uncensored goes, we are on Instagram at 805 Uncensored, uh, Twitter at, excuse me, Instagram at 805 Uncensored Pod, Twitter at 805 Uncensored, and YouTube at 805 Uncensored Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, guest suggestions, or episode ideas, uh, shoot me an email, 805uncensored at gmail.com. Once again, that was Zachary Marlow. Thanks so much, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, if you can just plug this into my uh, little ask thing maybe somewhere, or you can put it now. Um, yeah, follow uh, follow me on Twitter. I, I don't have very many followers on Twitter. Actually, just scratch that. Yeah, you can also follow us on all social medias at Moneyless Society. We're on Instagram, uh, we're on Facebook. Our Facebook group is Moneyless Society as well. That's really thriving. We have a Discord server that is not very active, but we're really trying to build it up into a great community space to have screenings and fucking group therapy and just have people engage with each other in a more substantial way than clicking at each other all the time. And you can follow me on Twitter at Zachary C Marlowe, um, and that's what I'm. That's where I'm. I am on Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, reach out. You know, um, you're not alone. You know, if you're feeling, if you're feeling dark and dire, and this stuff scares you, and you're feeling like you're gonna do something that you might regret. Uh, I'm always here to talk to people. Um, we're all in it together. That's that's it. I, I can't stand to self-promote myself, but it, I'm trying to make my life and my work and my group and my community something that other people can get use out of.